future. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So this morning, I, I have the privilege to continue uh, with our journey deeper. And I think just to do a bit of a recap, you know, the heart behind why we're going through this journey, or the inspiration comes from uh, that uh, scripture from Ezekiel 47. Um, it's a beautiful scripture where Ezekiel talks about how um, he was in a temple, he gets to see water just coming out of a temple, and then going forward, he gets led into this place where the water now is, is, is ankle deep, keeps getting led, water becomes knee deep, keeps getting led, the water becomes waist deep. It gets to a point where now the water now is so deep that actually you can swim in. And that's just a beautiful picture of, 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 of what we wanted to share as a church because we felt as a church that we know we've been hearing from God and, and, and God wants us to go deeper in terms of being full with the Holy Spirit. So once again, just using that same picture, some of us uh, might pro probably not even be in the water. Some of you probably are on the soil. Some of you are maybe ankle deep where uh, it's 10% Holy Spirit, but 90% of the time you are still in control. Some of you might be waist deep where it's like a 50-50 split, I guess, where 50% of the time you do rely on the Holy Spirit, but the other 50%, uh, you know, it's still you. But the dream is for each and every one of us to be full, to overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit where it's 100% of the time the Holy Spirit is in control. And that is just the dream of this journey. And this morning, um, I, guess, I guess it's going to be a bit different uh, to what I normally uh, do or what I normally share. Because if, when I look at my personal journey uh, of being full of the Holy Spirit or being deeper, it's, it's, not, it's not like everyone else. And I, just, I love what, what Viv shared because it, it pretty much just uh, paved the way for what I was going to say this morning. For me personally, um, I've never been that guy that had this beautiful get baptized, come out, bam, Holy Spirit was amazing. My journey was a little bit different. Uh, you know, initially I used to say, hey, I wish, I wish my journey was different. But looking back at it now, I'm actually happy I went through what I went through because I can stand here this morning and share just a bit of my personal journey. And my personal journey actually is aimed at two different people. The first people groups that I'm actually targeting this morning are the people like me that were never in the water, but they were standing on the soil. Well, for me, two reasons why I was never in the water. One was I can't swim. Um, and two, my theology of the Holy Spirit wasn't really that great. So that's the first people that I do understand. There's probably some of you that have never taken that step because, you know, once again, you've probably never been taught well about the Holy Spirit. And the second people that I just also want to talk to this morning are people that actually you actually took that step in like you literally went in but you know people abused you know just just how scripture talks about the holy spirit people use that for their own gain and you went out of that water as fast as you can and you just negative towards the holy spirit and those are the two people that i'm really hoping that i can touch um, this morning as i share my personal journey so what happened to me i got baptized as a teenager uh, you know, I repented, I got baptized, and I truly believed that I actually received the Holy Spirit. But at that point in time, you know, as, as a young chap, I guess, uh, my mindset was just pretty much focused on God the Father, Jesus. That's it. God the Father and Jesus. That's pretty much how my, my early Christian walk was. Um, I knew about the Holy Spirit, but I, I think at that point in time, I just wasn't interested 
That was number one. Number two, um, where I'm from, there were churches that we would call, we'd call them spirit churches. That's what we call them. Spirit churches, you know, churches that do spiritual stuff. But the problem is, there was just a lot of negativity towards the churches that I grew up seeing, where once again, the, the gifting was abused. Um, you, know, you know, people would use, you know, this whole concept of Holy Spirit is doing this for their own personal gain. So from a young age, I was absolutely negative towards the works of the Holy Spirit. So that's why, once again, as, as a young Christian, it was just about God the Father, you know, and the Holy Spirit. And that's just how my Christian life was. And I remember even when I graduated from high school, I went to university, um, I remember I eventually found a church. It was quite interesting, but it was actually also a spirit, spirit church at that point in time. So what I did was, okay, the church started at 10. Normally the word would be around half past 10. So I would literally arrive at church at half past 10. I'd skip all the spirit stuff and I just got there for the word. That's literally what I did. So you, you can get to see that I was seriously absolutely negative towards any spiritual working, any spiritual stuff. Um, it was quite funny then, obviously, that uh, I, when I came to Outlook Church, um, it didn't help that when I came to church, one, my heart was already hardened, didn't make sense. Two, I came to Outlook Church because of a girl. I didn't really come here for Jesus, but that girl eventually became my wife. And uh, I remember coming to Outlook Church, and this is something that I really struggled with. I remember coming to Outlook Church and uh, sitting at the back and as, you, as you've seen as a church, you know, MCs or anyone else that has a word from God will come up to the front and say, you know, I feel God is saying, and I'm standing in the back thinking, you have got the audacity to say you heard from God. And once again, this is me just being honest. This is me just being vulnerable in front of you guys to show you just the journey that I've gone through where, you know, I really struggled, you know, in terms of just the works of the Holy Spirit. Eventually... Yes, I'm part of Outlook. Obviously, I can't go anywhere. I'm still pursuing the girl. So I decided to stay at church, but once again, I, I still blocked off, you know, any works of the Holy Spirit. Then what happened was, uh, then we had uh, those, we used to call them PTPs, positioning or the prophetic. So initially, I didn't want to attend, but I, I still, once again, looking back now, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit was at work. So I said, okay, whatever, let's just attend and see uh, what happens. My heart was still hard. Um, I think I didn't really go any further after that PTP, but I truly believe that seeds were planted in my heart. And then as much as yes, I was still negative, there was this part of me that said, okay, I started asking myself the question, why am I so negative? Why am I so negative in terms of getting deeper? Why am I so negative with regards to the Holy Spirit? What happened? And then I realized, I actually, you know, over and above years, stuff has happened. But I asked myself and I realized everything or any excuse that I had in my, in my heart had nothing to do with me. It was just stuff that I've heard, stuff that I had seen. But it was not necessarily stuff that I had experienced. And I realized, hey, I'm being a hypocrite. So I decided at that point in time, forget everything that I've heard, forget everything that I've experienced, Forget everything that I think I know about the Holy Spirit. Start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Go to the Word and understand who is this Holy Spirit and why is it that I can't go deeper. So what I did then was I uh, started from the beginning, literally. I read Genesis. Because in my heart I felt, okay, I need to really understand who the Holy Spirit is. So at this point in time, you can, obviously you've guessed it, I'm still standing on the soil. 
read the Bible, started with Genesis 1. It's quite interesting. When you read Genesis 1, the first verse talks about how the, the earth was dark, void, there was nothing, and it says, but the Spirit of God was all over the earth. And I was like, huh, interesting. Was it interesting? Carried on reading, read Genesis. Uh, it was a bit turbulent when I read Leviticus and Deuteronomy, but I went right through, everything was fine, read through Deuteronomy, um, Joshua, then I got to Judges, and it was, I started seeing some interesting um, verses there. It'll talk about how with Gideon, it'll say, and the Spirit of God would clothe Gideon. I was like, oh, interesting. This talks about the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. Also, when you're reading Judges, um, because there's a lot of Judges, I guess, in the book of Judges, um, it'll talk about how, and the Spirit of God came you know, you know, powerfully down upon this particular person. The Spirit of God was with this person. I was reading there, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. So the Spirit of God was actually working in the Old Testament. I carried on reading. It was only when I got to First uh, Samuel, and I quickly get the scripture, First Samuel 10, verse 6, when I truly believe as I read that verse, my heart started to get chipped, or I guess those hard particles in my heart started to, get to chip away. And First Samuel 10 actually says, At that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them you will be changed into a different person. So what that verse is actually saying is this was a a prophecy or a talk to to, to Saul. So maybe just a bit of context. Um, Saul was the first uh, king of uh, of the Israelites. And what happened was, if you read the story of Saul, it's quite a beautiful story where when I was reading this, I got this revelation that, you know, Saul had favor from God. He had this beautiful favor from God where, I mean, for you to actually be the first king of Israel, you must have favor from God. But I found it interesting how even though he had favor from God, the scripture says, but he still needed the spirit of God to be a different person. And I just had this revelation that favor wasn't enough. He still needed the spirit of God to accomplish the will of God. And when I got that revelation, I could start, once again, I could get that sense in my heart that, wow, okay, my understanding of the Holy Spirit was wrong because actually I shouldn't be negative towards the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't be negative towards the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is there to help us in our walk. But the key revelation there was favor wasn't enough. Favor could have gotten you there, but to continue on the journey, you needed the power of the Spirit of God. And then I carried on reading. Eventually, I got to the Gospels where, I mean, there's a lot of scriptures about um, the Holy Spirit, and I eventually got to John 16, which is actually one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, John 16, 7 to 14 says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. And then verse 12 says, There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will, bring, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he received from me. And as I read the scripture once again, and I remember I'm on this journey to really understand who 
the Holy Spirit is because I want to take that step of going deeper. And that first verse that talks about, you know, he is the advocate. I won't touch that. Brent, I think, highlighted that pretty extensively last week, so I won't even touch on that. But the part that I found interesting was when, it, when he says, he will convict the world of its sin. He will convict the world of his sin. And if we think about sin, I mean, what is the definition of sin? Sin is ultimately rebellion. Sin is rebellion. If you think about it, sin is rebellion. And as I was reading that verse, I, I just had this, I, I, I'd call it just this comforting moment where I got this revelation to say, if the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin, I love how the NIV, the NIV says he, he's going to prove the world wrong about sin. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow. So once again, the Holy Spirit is a person that will help me point out areas in my lives where, you know, if I'm sinning, the Holy Spirit's role is to say, hey, that's not the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. So the Holy Spirit is the person that helps me in my walk as a Christian. So for example, to give you an example, I remember there was a moment at work where um, I had a, uh, let's use the word, misunderstanding uh, with, with my boss. And uh, I, I got angry, you know, I said stuff that I shouldn't have said, and uh, I walked away. Uh, for about four hours, I felt horrible. Like, for, for four hours flat, it was like, what you did was wrong, what you did was wrong, what you did was wrong. It was actually quite frustrating until I went back and I spoke to my boss and said, you know what, um, as much as, you know, we still don't see eye to eye with this particular scenario, what I said was wrong, that's not how I was supposed to, to act, I really do apologize. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit, where it convicts you, convicts you, convicts you. So if you've ever gotten to a point where you used to listen to certain types of music, and then now when you play that music, you, there's that one lyric that just doesn't sound right, that's the Holy Spirit, that's at work. You know when you're spending time with your friends and, and people are having weird conversations and you feel, I should not be here, that is the power of the Holy Spirit at work. You know, and that's the comfort that I got when, when actually I read this part that says he convicts the world of sin. But then the part that actually got me hard was in, in verse 12, which is what I want to draw my ultimate conclusion or my one ultimate truth in, was verse 12 that says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it. I mean, think about that for two seconds. Put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. They had spent three years with Jesus. Three years with Jesus. I mean, he had casted out demons. They had done so much stuff. And then Jesus says, there's so much more I want to tell you. So much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. I mean, just let that sink in for two seconds. Jesus himself, the son of God saying, going forward, if I tell you now, you won't get it. Wait for the Holy Spirit. He's the one that for the next season of your life, the next season of your journey, it is the role of the Holy Spirit that will be able to guide you. And that is when I eventually caught the revelation. And what is the big idea I'm trying to share this morning? You know, when we look at salvation, salvation is supernatural. And the heart or the truth or the one truth that I found about the revelation is for us to walk a supernatural salvation, we cannot do it in our natural strength. That is ultimately the truth that I found and that is when I eventually took my step um, to go deeper. 
I am not called, you are not called to walk a supernatural salvation in your natural power. Normally what happens, if you ever asked yourself, you know, why, you know, I remember looking back, uh, once again, growing up, I went to a lot of conferences. I remember most of my mates, I mean, there was a lot of us that, that you know, were on fire for Jesus and fire for God. So many people backslidden. Have you ever asked yourself why that happens? It's because, once again, we are trying to walk out a supernatural salvation in our own strength. I mean, normally what happens is you come to church, you get baptized, we give you a Bible, we tell you what to say, what not to say. That's pretty much what we do. But what's supposed to happen is you repent, you get baptized, and we teach you about the Holy Spirit because he is the one that will help you walk out the supernatural salvation because he is the Holy Spirit. That is the ultimate truth that I got. So ultimately, to live out Christ's teaching requires the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are not called to walk a supernatural salvation in our own natural strength. So then obviously after that, I took my step deeper and everything was great. Well, not so really, because what happens is sometimes what we think is not actually what the Holy Spirit plan is for our lives. Maybe just to share, once again, because this morning is like a personal story, I'll just ask Nadine to share um, a, a picture. So I took this from my journal. I've got a journal on my app, and um, it was quite funny how you'll see the first picture there. I said, this 15th of October 2019, I said, ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand the scriptures deeper. That was quite funny. I used the word deeper, and in my mind, I'm thinking, Holy Spirit is going to help me understand scripture. It's going to be me, myself, and I. Life is going to be great. I did not know what God had in store for me. So I didn't realize that as I went deeper with scripture, once again, remember, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to understand scripture. I'm going to keep it to myself. You guys are going to be fine. It's just me and myself. What happened was, 24th of November, that's the first time I led a volunteers meeting. Uh, that's why it says volunteers meeting. Now we call it hospitality meeting. So once again, remember, my thinking is, I'm going deeper for me. But Holy Spirit is, ha-ha, no, you're not going deeper for you. You're going deeper because I'm going to use you. 29th November 2019, uh, I, was, I was in youth. There was a worship night. I was asked to actually host or MC. It's something that I, it's something that I, I don't like doing. Uh, well, now I do enjoy it, but then I did not like doing. And I was asked to do it once again. I did that. 9th of Feb 2020, that was my first time I ever preached. I actually journaled it. It was my first time I preached. I don't know why I used that emoticon. I don't know why. I guess that's how I felt. <laughs> at that point in time. But the point I'm trying to show you, church, and why I said today is going to be a bit different, why it feels like more of a storytelling session, is I just want to show you that I, I understand where you are. You know, you might, you might be in a space where you're like, I don't want to take this journey. I'm saying, church, we can do it. We can take the step and go deeper. But also, it will be irresponsible of me to actually tell you to go deeper but not actually remind you that it won't look like what you think it will. You might have a different picture in your mind, but the reality is the Holy Spirit or God will have a different plan for you. And we've spoken about this in the past three or four weeks. Our responsibility is to do it. Our responsibility is to obey the nudge and ultimately see what God has in store for each and every one of us. So the question is then, what is my challenge for you this morning? 
what is my challenge for you this morning? I like to believe that I probably convinced you to actually take that step forward. So what is my challenge for you this morning? You know, as I was just meditating and thinking about um, this journey deeper, I actually realized for me personally what would happen is, yes, I got this revelation, I took the step forward, I went deeper, and I, and I, and I trusted the Holy Spirit more. But I realized what happens is over time, you, you become um, zealous, if that's the right word. You start saying stuff. You start, what, what the, what, there's this term that says, you know, when you, when you over, is it, is it over promise and under deliver, stuff like that. So what happens is, what, or what's going to happen is, you're going to start praying, or you're going to ask God to do a lot of stuff in your life, and he's going to do it. And the temptation is to then seek deliverance from your own prayer request. And that's my challenge for you this morning. That is literally my challenge for you this morning. If you've been that person, especially with uh, oceans, we love singing oceans. Spirit, lead me to where my trust is, is without borders. God does that. And you're like, God, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. You know, Lord, use me as a bridge. He uses you as a bridge. You come back, you start complaining. You know, I'm going to leave Outlook Church because people are walking all over me. The reality church, and that is my challenge for you, is um, step one, I'm challenging you, go deeper, which I believe you're convinced, but when you do go deeper, watch out that you're not going to seek deliverance from your own prayer request. Once again, this is not a standalone point. I'm building up from the fact that Chad reminded us that if we want more of the Holy Spirit, actually he wants more of us. Brent reminded us last week that for us, once again, to go deeper is we need to love people. And I'm adding the third one this morning to say, don't be that guy that seeks deliverance from their own prayer request. So what is the dream? What does it look like for me for a church to be full of the Holy Spirit? Um, in Acts 4, uh, verse 34, it talks about how, you know, the believers were of one mind, you know, and it talks about how the grace of God worked powerfully and no one was in need. And that is my dream is for, for us to be a church where all of us are full of the Holy Spirit, where all of us are full of the Holy Spirit, where there is no need among us spiritually, emotionally, physically. That is one dream, and that is, a, that is a church that is possible when each and every one of us makes a decision to be full of the Holy Spirit, when each and every one of us makes the decision to step out from the sand shores, jump into the water, and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. The Holy Spirit is not there. Um, you know, it's, not, it's not a fancy add-on as Christians. The, Holy, you know, the point of us receiving the Holy Spirit, maybe let me summarize it this way. The ultimate revelation that I got for us as a church to go deeper with the Holy Spirit, it's a matter of survival. That's what it is. It's not a choice. It's a matter of survival. We need the Holy Spirit as a church. And that's my ultimate prayer, that each and every one of us will take that step. If you haven't repented, repent this morning. If you haven't been baptized, get baptized and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Would you please stand? In Acts 2, verse 37 to 38, it says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'd love to echo what uh, Scott said earlier on. We have the privilege this morning where we're going to be baptizing a family. I would love to extend this invitation to you this morning, that if you haven't been baptized and you haven't received the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be baptizing some folks straight after the service, and we would love for you to join us. I'd love to pray, and just before we, 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 we call it a day, Father, we come before you this morning, and Lord, we actually say thank you that you are such a loving God. Thank you that you're such a good, good Father. Thank you that you are a God that sent your one and only Son, but also thank you, Lord, that you have given us the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, this morning, my prayer is simply to just pray a prayer of repentance, and Lord, if, if we haven't taken that step to go deeper, if we haven't taken that step to, 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 to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we pray and we repent of that this morning, Lord, and we say we want to go deeper. We want more and more of the Holy Spirit. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit. We want to overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit. But Lord, I also pray that when we are full of the Holy Spirit, when we are overflowing, that we actually listen, that we obey to the nudge from the Holy Spirit, that we are bold, that we have courage to just be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because we know, Lord, just looking at your word, that the Holy Spirit is there to help us, he's there to guide us, he's there to remind us of, of everything, Lord Jesus, you've said. And Lord, I just pray that we catch this to heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 